2: There's a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea. There's a kindness in God's justice, which is more than liberty.
3: Welcome to another episode of A People's Theology. I'm your uncharacteristic procrastinator and a People's Theology host, Mesa Menega. In this episode, I talk with Crystal Cheatham. Crystal is a writer, LGBTQ activist, and app curator of our Bible app. Also musically featured throughout this episode is Ina Bloom. Ina Bloom is a folk rock band from Missouri. You can get connected with both Crystal and Ina Bloom and their work in the links in the episode description.
2: the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. If our love were but more simple, we should rest
3: Today, I have Crystal Cheatham, and Crystal is a writer, a LGBTQ rights activist, and an app kind of curator, if you will. I don't know how, what, how you would identify your, your title within that world, but uh, I don't know. I'm just making that one up. We'll see if, if that's something that you identify <laughs> with. Uh, but you do lots of things in the world, Crystal. But I am wondering, who is Crystal Cheatham to Crystal Cheatham?
0: Who well, am I to me? Yes. What does that mean?
3: You can, you can make it mean however you want.
0: Um, well, I, uh, I do identify as the creator and founder of our Bible app. Um, and in the world, I think more than an entrepreneur, I think I'm definitely just an artist. And mm. um, my tools have always been this uh, really intense tension between um, LGBTQ people and religious spaces. And of course with the app and even with my podcast, Lord have mercy, that's just kind of rolled into including, you know, the, the deconstruction movement altogether. So it's not, um, it's also, uh, women leadership, it's peer teacher, it's, um, the cishet, uh, patriarchy. It's, it's all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah or uh it's it's a lot of work and i'm tackling a lot of topics but um i really believe in in um in deconstruction reconstruction and this progressive community so yeah i guess i most people don't want to be their work but i am definitely my work
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah
3: just by curiosity when you say something like that what is your enneagram type
0: I am a 3 wing four.
3: I kind of wondered if you were a three when you were saying that uh, your identity is kind of made up around the work you do. That sounds pretty yeah. three-like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happiest when things are going great in my work, and if they're not, then I'm, I'm a mess.
3: Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about our Bible app. What exactly is our Bible app?
0: I think first and foremost, Um, Our Bible app is a community space. It's a space where um, you can find people who uh, think along the same lines as you or are going to disrupt some of your, um, your most uh, dangerous thought patterns around religion. Um, It's a place where you can chat and find new people. um, And it's also a place where you can get to know yourself better, um, spiritually. So um, the app, I know it, it has the word Bible in it, but um, the Bibles are just one of the features, just like uh, um, we have books that you can, that you can uh, download. We have Bibles that you can access. We have podcasts that you can listen to. Um, maybe we'll have this podcast on there soon. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> and then we have, of course, like the meat of it, um, the curated content, the stuff that me and my team work on every week are the daily devotionals, um, Mm, because mm -hmm. we believe in um, expressing ourselves theologically in a way that incorporates our lived experience. And so we're reaching out to people and asking them to write things. uh, uh, We're reaching out to authors, we're reaching out to theologians, we're reaching out to um, people who have never picked up a pen before, but have something on their heart that they want to express. And we're asking them to put it um, into these daily meditation plans. And, um, so far I think, you know, it's, it's quite a success and, and, um, I think we're serving the community well.
3: Mm -hmm. When you ask people to write these daily devotionals, do you have them focus on a particular topic or do you have them more focus on something that they, their work kind of revolves around?
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, I don't try to do much coaching and asking people to write something, um, For, you know, uh, an idea that I have or a calendar event that I'm that I'm reaching for, um, I really reach out to people who I think are already saying some amazing things, people who are already evolving as thought leaders. And I try and capture that in um, a five or 10 day uh, reading plan. And yeah, it's uh, it's fun.
3: Mm. I feel like there's a story here. What series of events led you to create this project?
0: Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I think another identity that I have is um, I am an activist. I've always been an activist. And and, um, I was at the National Religious Broadcasters um, Conference in 2016 and just saw and I mean, on, on, on their website and just at the conference itself, this, you know, uh, array of different media platforms that they had to get out their idea of what Christianity should be, which is more and more conservative and more and more detached from how I think everyday people live. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they have like 1100 syndicated, um, maybe it's like 15. I can't even remember the number. It's just so big. The different radio stations they have, and publishers they have, not just in the U.S. but around the world. And I thought this is why it is so hard for us to live out our lives as transgender Christians in leadership. It's because so much of we we are we are we are pushing out our own messages, and it's just getting goliathed by. You know these these other folks. So I mm. thought I know people are 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 creating content. I know people are um, putting their hearts out there in, in podcasts and and um, you know just raking up this really good really good discussions and content. Um, I know that people are writing the most these incredible books that allow you to to explore your explore your faith instead of confining it and keeping it you know uh, regimented in you know a little box and. I know that people are doing these things. I just, I just, I just wouldn't know about, say, Sarah Bowen's book um, unless I went to the theological seminary that she's a dean of. You know, mm-hmm. like they, we're just, we're just, we have these small pockets of, of progressive wonder, um, and then everything in between just feels like like you're growing on your own, like you're like you're trying to figure this out on your own. So, my idea was this app was a way to kind of pull all that media into one final hub um, and have it be the one place that, you know, that you can walk into, you can find the thing that your heart needs kind of like, you know, you walk into Barnes and Noble and you know, you can find Christian content, you know, but you're Mm -hmm. never going to find anything that that really speaks to your experience. Right. So that's what I was shooting for.
3: Mm -hmm. There's a variety of mediums you could have gone with. Uh, to kind of pull in all of that content together you could have done like a website or a blog or whatever it might be why particularly an app
0: i think there's something um universal about an app there's something universal about being able to access something on your phone and i think that you know phone technology um is has has basically become a uh uh a part of our human bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. like we don't Mm -hmm. go anywhere without our phones. And it's not just in the U S it's all over the world. Even in, um, even in, uh, countries like uh, my, my family's from Zambia, Africa, and we go and visit there quite often. Mm -hmm. And, um, there will be people living in grass huts, um, but they will have a cellular cellular device. They will, (laughs) They will walk a mile to go plug in their cellular device and they'll wow. charge it and then they'll just go back home. And I'm like, uh, I think that probably paints a, um, a, uh, a you know, Zambians want to want me to portray. But um, Zambia is a very modern country. I'm just trying to get across that, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. Your resources are. You have access to a phone in your hand, and then you have access to the curated content that we're creating.
2: Kindness is your soul the
3: What has the response been to our Bible app among people who have been really deeply hurt by the church?
0: Um, I think I think that is the most incredible thing that happens and it's ev- evidenced by um, our our chat room spaces um, where you know somebody will come in and say I haven't gone to church in a long time. And in fact, I heard about this app from somebody else who doesn't go to church, Mm. but I, and I've been injured for this many reasons. Is there anybody in here who can help me? What should I look for? And our demographics show that the people who are reading the app don't necessarily go to church, you know? Mm -hmm. And so whatever happened to them happened in a way where they didn't just stop believing in God. They stopped believing in, in the system, that held them, that was supposed to help them.
1: Mm.
0: Um, they stopped believing in the structure of the church body, but they still believe in God, and they're and they are still responding to what whatever rhythm is in their heart you know, saying that you are a spiritual person and you need to get out there and figure this out because it's not going to just go away. Um, and so knowing that they feel safe enough to come to the app is amazing. And I know that there are a lot of them that identify as spiritual but not religious and are are finding um, a home space in the app. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and similar to that, one of the goals of our Bible app is to build community among people who identify as spiritual but not religious, but also Uh, people who identify as progressive Christian or even nothing at all. How have you seen that sort of community build since the inception of the app?
0: Which community?
3: All all of them together. Yeah.
4: Wow. Well, I think it's, it's,
0: it's been really hard because we're not that uh, we're still in our infancy. We haven't even been been around for two years, Mm -hmm. although I've been talking about this for a long Mm -hmm. time. Um, And so I think I, we get a lot of response from the community that say we need content on this or we need content that is, that doesn't use the Bible as a reference point, but allows us to be spiritual in a different way. Or we need content that is specifically for the Black American experience or the trans experience. And um, I know all of those things will fit into the progressive or the spiritual or blah, 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 blah. But honestly, people are are just trying to find connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're trying to offer is access point to information, spiritual content that allows you to be your fullest self or allows you to realize where you need to be next. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than feeling stuck Um, and my hope is that when people come to the app, they come with an open mind, they come to be challenged or they come to, um, yeah, just, you know, discover new things and not feel like, um, the person writing the thing that they may not agree with, um, is the end all, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's just, yeah. I mean, one of the things that the app is based on is the idea that Spirituality is a spectrum yeah. you know and we're all just trying to figure out where we belong on it and um, if, if spirituality is anything like relationships which you build on and you grow, you're not going to remain the same thing forever you're not going to constantly date the same person your entire mm-hmm. life you know hopefully that that relationship will have stages and will grow and mature and if it comes time that that relationship that relationship Retires, then you move on to the next thing, mm. you know. Um, and I think that's that's what that's what spirituality is. It's it gets deeper, it gets more shallow, and there shouldn't be this idea of backsliding or or you know blah. blah. Like the Christian language, the lingo is just so traumatic. Mm. So um, yeah, for all of these communities, I'm really just hoping that they come with open hearts and they're finding they're finding that there's a way to be transient even in mm. this space. There's a way to move. There's freedom.
3: Mm-hmm. So uh, knowing that you have built community among those groups of people through this app, I'm also curious, what are the challenges of building a community of people who identify as spiritual but not religious, as progressive Christians, or even as nothing at all? And you're built, what, what are the challenges of building a community of those groups of people solely through a digital and online platform?
0: Um So yeah, I think the digital experience is lacking in that you don't have the tangibles, you know? And I really think that the app is a first step. Um, yeah, just like any social media space, you get online, and it is completely up to the user uh, to decide what they're going to put out and what they're going to decide. What kind of experience they really want to have and honestly that's how all social uh spaces grow you know they turn into community because you are putting out into the world what you want even if that's the false identity you know that's what you're doing whatever um, i think that most people who come to the app looking for community are are pretty honest with who they are um, and i think that's a great thing um, i think the second part that we're lacking is that that community space mm. and There have been, I mean, that um, tangible community space that, you know, that walking into a church and feeling like you belong there, you know, like the songs that you sing um, are reflective of the God that you believe in, or that you're going to be able to sit and eat with people and have fun or talk about, you know, common problems that like that skin hunger that we have of being able to walk into a space and give somebody a hug put an arm around a back, squeeze a shoulder. Um, That's that's what we don't offer. But I feel like the app is step one. And I know that quite a few of the people who um, started out listening to my podcast and then discovered the app and whatever have actually met each other in real Mm. life. You know, um, I was just at the Evolving Faith Conference in Denver and I was amazed at how many people I had met through my work with the app, wow. how many people I had met who had also met each other um, and all knew about the app. In fact, one night a bunch a bunch of us actually went out for went out for drinks and created community. Mm. You know, and it's like the world is so much smaller than it used to be. Just because we don't live in the same neighborhood doesn't mean that that we can't find physical closeness in other ways. And I mean, like, look at you and I were. We're chatting. Uh, I've never met you, but I've never seen you before in my mm-hmm. life. But here we are, like having like a really deep um, conversation, face to face. And you know, there's there's so many things that that technology offers. Um, things that I would love to explore um, as this app thing grows, and as my personnel grow, and you know, as I have the the financial. Capacity capacity to do so broken love
2: and mercy. us to walk you're teaching us to sing to burn the broken heart all love and mercy. And all I-
3: with the desire among that community that initially meets through the app and that desire to to meet in person and have that in-person connection, is there any maybe sense of maybe making like a Our Bible App conference or an Our Bible App retreat or something where you do bring those people who have met through the app and have made those connections through the app and actually bring them in person together?
0: Yeah, there's um there are some ideas floating around about how to do that and when we would be able to start doing something like that and I think it's definitely in our future um as we lean into this uh this um this movement of community this idea of community this this uh decision to lean into into community absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So, you alluded to this a little bit ago about that you do lots of other work outside of the app itself. So, tell us a little bit about the other work that you do outside of our Bible app, uh, especially with the activism in the intersection of faith and LGBTQ rights.
0: Yeah, I honestly think I used to do a lot more until, you know, I put this on my plate and the app itself just needs all of my attention. Mm -hmm. Um, But, before I got into this, of course, I was working uh, with Soulforce, um, which is an organization that continues to um, uplift LGBTQ people in religious spaces. Um, and something that we did with them uh, back in 2012 was the Equality Ride. And this was a bus with uh, 17 to 20 uh, young adults on it. And we, we spent, um,
4: was it three months? Gosh, I think it was
0: three months. Yeah, we spent three months going around to different universities and colleges that were conservative um, and talking to them about their, um, LG, their policies mm. against LGBTQ students and staff. And this was incredibly difficult work. I honestly think I was too naive and young to do it then, but it was basically a master's on the divide between um, religion and and queer people mm. and the marginalized people who find themselves kind of like in this tide pool um of you know religious religiosity, so i I started there um and then continued to work with um marginalized groups seeking a voice in religious spaces um and continued to do workshops um And now I'm really supportive of Brave Commons, which Mm -hmm. has kind of picked up where soul force, you know, left off and uh, they are on campuses, you know, they have plants of students on campuses, and they give them the information and the tools that they need to fight back and not just um, in protest or against administration, but legally, you know, um, with Title IX and all of these other things at their disposal, they help students, and I'm just so in love with the things that they do. And every time I get a chance to support them, I I do as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always there's there's always going to as long as in my lifetime there's always going to be this struggle, um, and I'm always going to be the first person to to pick up pick up arms so that I can well let me not say arms that's insane <laughs> that's the wrong word but I'm going to be the first person to throw down in the fight mm-hmm. I'm going to be the first person to put my body in in the line um and say no we can do better we can we can fight mm-hmm.
1: for this
3: yeah. My next question is is quite broad so take it where you may but what is your hope for the foreseeable future of the intersection of faith and LGBTQ people
4: Um Full
0: acceptance to everywhere.
1: Mm.
0: Being, you know, I mean, it's just such a ridiculous thing to draw a line against who you can love. Mm. Like it's just an oxymoron, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but my hope is to normalize LGBTQ people in religious spaces. So you're not even thinking of it. In fact, you're it's it's so common that you're making mistakes and microaggressions about other things and forgetting that the person is actually queer that you're engaging with like that should not even be an issue
3: can i add to that about about like just the normalization yeah Yeah, i like i even in my own experience now being kind of in the, the sort of progressive christian world and so many of the the clergy people and just the leaders themselves are women and people of color and queer people and i'm like now to the point where when I, because I grew up in a very like conservative evangelical world. I remember initially when I started dabbling in that world, it was still this sort of thing where, oh my gosh, like, yes, I accept that they are like a queer pastor or a queer thought leader or a pe- person of color, but it still was like this. Uh, I really thought a lot about it. Like it, like it didn't, wasn't normalized at all. And now I've definitely gotten to the point where I'm just so far in this world where it, I don't even think twice about uh, the fact yeah. that, that, and and so I'm grateful that the world, at least that I'm in, in the progressive Christian world, that that is such a normalized uh, part of who we are.
0: Yeah. We need more of that, more of those bubbles to just expand and take over cities. Um, I, would, I would love to see more people in leadership, in high-powered leadership positions, just be outwardly just like queer and religious. They don't even have to be um, Christian, you know, but just be like, I don't understand why you think that, that you can't be queer and gay because I am, you know, it's like, oh, whatever. Anyway, I would love to see a gay Pope. I would love <laughs> to see, I mean, like, eh, you know, like more than just um, a straight, I mean, a a gay white male, like judge running president. I want to see, I want to see the queerdom everywhere. Yeah. I don't want it to be an issue. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Today I have Caleb from Ina Bluma. And Ina Bluma, I don't know how to describe you guys' sound. It, it's sort of worshipy, but not sort of folky, but not even a little spacey, but not quite. Uh, how do you describe you guys' sound?
5: Uh, we, I think Aaron has uh, described it as chamber folk, actually.
3: <laughs> Say um, more about that. That's fun.
5: Uh, I, well, it's often just the two of us or maybe a violin player and and another vocalist when we play live um but uh like our recorded stuff is kind of like uh sort of orchestrated a little bit like it has elements of chamber music in it so she jokingly calls it chamber folk so I love and we're it. like that eh, that works so
3: that's great Talk to me a little bit about some of the the music that you've been making lately. Uh, it, you know, it's been, I think I, I'm seeing here that it's been since 2014 that you've released a full length. So that's been some time. But I know that yeah. you're in the process of making some mu- new music. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the new stuff that you've got in the works?
5: Yeah, we have, uh, well, we've got three kids. So when I think that it's been five years since we released th- some new music i'm like oh man that's that seems like so long and also i don't know where those five years went (laughs) so uh but like in a good way life's just busy um but right now we're working on uh we we had been leading worship at our church for maybe um like three or four years and had been just writing music for that context Um, and so the album that we're working on now is like way, way more of an actual, like songs for the church, but also about half of them are, are like, um, songs about family or friends or just other, other things, you know? So Mm. it's like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a worship album, um, which I really, I like that. And it also makes me like a little uneasy, Mm. but but you know, I I like the songs and I, the, I mean them. You know what I mean? Like I can, right. I feel like we can we can own them and, um, I don't know if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about some of that uneasiness of sort of the worship sound to it? Uh, <laughs> I I I can maybe guess why you have some hesitancy there, but can you talk a little bit more about that?
4: Yeah. Um, so, um, I guess it's um the
5: uneasiness is like that i feel like there's already so much worship music out there uh for one thing there's already just so much and i don't need, i don't even like need to voice like it doesn't matter what i think about it like the world just doesn't need more worship albums you know what i mean there's so many so I don't, we don't want to just like add to that noise but also um like i like we we're, we're just unapologetically uh still walking with jesus you know mm-hmm. like we're, mm-hmm. we're like i just um we're still christians you know and um and like not
4: we don't want to be apologetic about that but also like um uh, i'm not even sure like you, you i don't want to just like add
5: I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you can edit this Are you can edit this at all. That's fine. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um,
5: cause I'm not, because I'm going to say anything I'll regret, but just cause I might fumble over my words or something.
1: Yeah, that's so, so
5: I, I feel like the, um, so like for me personally, maybe I'm not speaking for Aaron, but it's like, um, I'm, I've just, I have my problems with the church right now. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, I kind of don't want to make music for you guys,
4: but also guess what? Like I'm like I'm I'm still the church too, you know? Mm-hmm. So um and I think like
5: I know I know lots of people who need like they just need like honest expressions of worship and um so I'm like part of me's so proud and happy to make this music and part of me is like
4: oh, I don't wanna put it out there.
5: <laughs> um I just don't wanna be uh, I just to the word Christian right now is
4: just like got so much attached to it. You know, mm. um, I don't know. I hope I'm not being too negative, but no, no, um, no. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah is that is that
5: answer your question? Okay? Yeah,
3: totally. That totally makes sense. I I I sense that among even like those who uh sort of make even professional Christian. Worship music, like that, you see. There's a number of those people who have kind of uh, strayed away, at least from a lot of those conservative Christian roots, and um, ha, you know whether or not they still identify as Christian or not. But th- they've really departed from that, um, and and I totally empathize with that that yeah. transition. I, I am, for one, one of those people who have done that that same thing.
5: Yeah, I mean, the, so don't get me wrong. I'm like. Like we we have been worship leaders for a long time. And I'm like, I'm not ashamed of any of that, you know, mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I love it and I'm proud of it. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm on a, I'm on in a process. I'm not where I was five years ago or 10 years ago, but, um, but like uh, something about like releasing that music to a, a bigger audience, not just our close community mm-hmm. makes me like, Uh, this i feel like it will be i don't know it feels different than like than like folk music that we've made about Mm -hmm. ourselves you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah totally i I haven't even fully processed why i have like some anxiety about it but
3: um yeah so with that anxiety i'm sure even with these new songs there, there is some sense of excitement of what Maybe lyrically and sound-wise, what you're creating. Can you talk a little bit about s- some of the things you're really excited about with this new music that you're gonna be releasing soon?
5: Yeah, uh, thanks. That's a good question. Uh, this uh, maybe this is more positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
3: we'll go from uh, the negative to the positive. We'll we'll end it on a positive note.
5: Yeah, sweet. So we, um, it's just like a fuller sound than we've ever had before, which mm-hmm. is really fun.
3: Like we recorded some
5: bass last weekend and we're just so pleased with it. It sounds so good. Um, but
4: also, uh, like lyrically, I think I'm probably most excited lyrically. Um, it's just different than other stuff we've made and it's, um, and like, I, I don't,
5: uh, I'm, I don't mean to, I'm not like tooting my horn, but I, I don't <laughs> know other, like, I don't know. Is there I any tooting
3: of, in, of horns in the, in this the album? Oh, you... not yet,
5: maybe so. you
3: should totally toot toot your horns both lyrically and uh sound Yes, voice.
5: that's a great <laughs> idea. Um, I think we might, uh but I just don't know of a whole lot of other music that I've heard like this music we're making right now. um there's like something really fun and fresh, just from us, like we've never made anything this like upbeat and fun, mm. like with some pop elements to it, um and then also it's just like I, I haven't heard other like worship tunes that kind of have the same vibe which is really exciting to mm-hmm. me um, and then there's a couple of songs that like um, I sent one to you uh, There's No Fear and Love and like mm-hmm. we've, we've been we've been singing that song for like four years and it's still like it still wrecks us when we sing it you know mm-hmm. and so it's got some and every, everywhere we play that song it's like there's some special sauce on that thing and it just like it's just like got wings or something so um i'm really excited about that one and a number of other ones Mm. and
1: um
4: it's i
5: think it's a good we're we're proud of the project even even though it's not done being recorded yet Mm -hmm. so
3: Well, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I've really appreciated uh, listening to some of those new tunes. And um, even what you sent me were were just demos, but they they sound like you could release them right now. They sound really good. So I'm really excited to hear what the finished product is. And um, I think you're right. I I think there's some freshness with this sound, especially with it being sort of in that worship world. Uh, I, I for one, have always sort of despised worship music. But this is something that sounds really fresh. It isn't drivel whatsoever. Uh, Like you said, there is this really space uh, orchestra, chamber sound even uh, that that really is is quite different. And I've even heard some of those pop sensibilities that you uh, alluded to as well. So I, I think there's a lot of diversity and just a lot of musicianship to this album that isn't really found in a lot of other worship music. So I really have appreciated listening to some of the new tunes.
4: Thanks man. Yeah. We're
5: we're pretty pumped about it. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
3: You yourself are a writer. You talked a little bit about it before. How has just the task of writing been a liberating task for you as a woman, as a lesbian, and a person of faith?
1: Hmm.
4: I think writing is
0: just a way to to create a platform and a voice. Yeah. I mean, I I still really enjoy writing, and I hope I get to do more of that. Um, Yeah, there's a couple books that I have um, in my back pocket um, and I'm talking with people about Mm. even now.
4: Yeah, I just,
0: I don't know. uh, For me, it just, writing has always just felt like a tool to uh, let people know that people like me exist. It is just a tool to get to the next level Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'm not sure what the next level is i just need to i just i'm just tired of feeling seen through um and like you know philadelphia is still a really racist place Mm -hmm. um and whether people whether people mean it or not there's still a lot of of uh, unconscious bias and um just you know, blatant bigotry, and um, I I feel a lot of that on the daily. Mm. You know, just you know, feeling seen through by servers or um, being looked over um, in a line. You know, stuff like that. And so I I carry that with me when I get to the page. Um, and honestly, the page just feels like a really um, blank place, mm. a, um, an anonymous place to be able to uh, let my words, words speak for themselves without being in this wonderful meat suit that ha- portrays to people all, all a myriad of different um, symbolisms and ideas. So um, yeah, writing is just magic. It really is.
3: It may be painfully obvious, but I'm going to ask anyway. But how do you see our Bible app being inspiring and liberating theological work?
4: Um how do I see it being mm-hmm.
0: that? I think, you know, again, I think the inspiring thing is that it's not me. It's not just me and my voice mm. and, you know, I'm not a pastor in front of a pulpit and trying to lead a giant church. It's like uh, a plethora, a smorgasbord of voices of people. And I think that is the success. That is the thing that inspires people, um, makes me teary and just feel so honored and blessed. It's like I, it's a chorus of individuals all chiming in to say, hey, we exist. You know, remember um, the, um, what movie is that? It's like the Who's.
3: Horton, here's a who. Maybe I, I.
0: Horton, here's a who. And he finds out that there's an entire civilization living on like a puff of something. I don't know, like a tiny little mm. thing. And the puff is about to be destroyed. And they decide to all yell at the same time to like get their voices out so that Horton or whoever's out there will realize that there's a civilization on this like, you know, little puff mm. ball and it won't be crushed. And I'm like, that's what this feels like. It feels like, like we are all in unison trying to, to, to yell out to the world that, hey, this other way of experiencing God and religion and spirituality and each other is, is, is here. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to feel alone and isolated. You are not alone. In fact, there are millions of people in the world that feel this way. So don't feel isolated. That's, what I, that's the inspiring thing that, that gets me about this. I just want to say, I'm sorry if it's not Horton here's a Who. Hopefully listeners know what story I'm that talking sound, about. <laughs> that sounds
3: right, though. I remember there was one of those yeah. Dr. Seuss stories that really like kind of critiques the, the apathy towards climate change and, and that kind of thing. But yeah. I think that's the one. But, it, but anyway, I could also be wrong.
0: Many voices. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Last question, Crystal. How can listeners get connected to you and your work?
0: Oh, sure. Yes. So, um, my personal website is crystalcheatham.com. That's crystalcheatham. And, um, there you can find things that I've written. You can see, um, there's some videos on there and, um, I think you can even download my, like, super old album <laughs> um and i've been uh setting up workshops at universities so if you'd like to invite me to come to your university to do a talk on um preserving your your story i'd love to come and uh i'm on twitter as the cheat <laughs> um <laughs> like the cheat from strong bad like homestar runner no
3: i'm not For i'm not time. familiar but anyway, I, that it's, I, it's, it's clever
0: too <laughs> thank you um, on Twitter is Crystal Cheatham. And if you want to know more about our Bible app, that's ourbibleapp.com. It is the purple app in your phone. If you uh, look in any uh, app store, both Android and iOS, and all across social media, you can follow us at our Bible app. And um, yeah, reach out. Let me know how you like it, how you don't like it. I'm always open to uh, to talking to new, to new people. Mm. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you again, Crystal. I'm a really big fan of your work. And I'm a a person as well who loves to shout out that otherwise possibility of religion and spirituality and theology and the the fact that you're doing that through our Bible app is something that I really appreciate. And in addition, I love the fact that you're doing that through a really an accessible uh way. You're like you said, an app is incredibly universal, and so the fact that you're providing. That otherwise possibility of spirituality and religion uh, through a medium that is so accessible and universal to people, I think is just an incredible work. And so I, I am really grateful for the work that you're doing.
0: Thank you for having me on the show. This was so nice. want be
2: with you. There is no fear in your heart. There is no shame in your life, only the laughter of God, shaking the dead back to life. There is no fear. Just like you We wanna break for the broken till.
3: Lay down our lives
2: for our